Welcome to Stork Storytime Talks with the North Liberty Library. Are you expecting or growing your family? If so, this podcast is for you. Delivering literacy one topic at a time. This episode is sponsored by Mercy Iowa City. We invite you to like and subscribe to our talks podcast wherever you listen. Hi, I'm Kelly, and welcome to the Stork Storytime Talks podcast. Reading with our children is one of the most poignant memories we can make with our offspring. As children grow, get older, and develop their own interests, the question begs, does this literary tradition have an expiration date? To discuss further, we welcome Suzanne Barloon to the podcast. Here's a bit about our guest. Suzanne has been a local literacy advocate for nearly 20 years, promoting a love of reading in children while raising her family just outside of Iowa City. As an independent consultant for Usborne Books and More, she teaches parents about the importance of reading and promotes books in the home through parties, corporate and school book fairs, and online at www dot booksforourkids.com. Hello, Suzanne. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, Kelly. Thank you so much for including this message in your podcast. It is so important to keep kids reading, and I am super excited to share all the ideas and ways that we have to help with doing that. Absolutely. I think this is a great topic, especially during this time of year. Kids are getting books. I know my kids are definitely getting books. And just bringing up literacy, especially during this age in COVID, with kids being at home and remote learning happening, I think this is just the perfect time to have this discussion. So I'm so happy you're here with us today. Tell us a bit about what you do as an independent consultant for Us Born Books and More. Absolutely. One of our missions is to get books into the hands of every child. Every kid deserves to have the best books that we have out there. And you would be so surprised at the number of households that don't have enough books. Sometimes people are surprised to realize, really, kids need to replace the books that they're reading as they outgrow them as often as they outgrow their shoes. So we think our kids have all these books. Take a look at what's on your bookshelf, and is it too easy? Do they need something new or fresh? We all like new stuff, and books are definitely at the top of that list. Just to keep it um, engaging, you know, we need to compete with video games and everything else that is getting our kids' attention, and to uh, we have lots of ideas of how to do that, and that's one of my missions with what we do with Usborne Books and More. And we do our book fairs at um, corporations and in schools looks a little bit different this year with everything being virtual, but we're still able to do those online. And those result in tons of free books for those organizations. So even those kids whose parents aren't running out to the bookstore every weekend to get them new books, they get to enjoy all the books that we're putting into libraries like the North Liberty Library. And that just fuels my passion. It's one of the most important things that we can do for our kids. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I I have to be transparent. Uh, One thing that attracted me to this topic for this month's podcast is really selfish because I have two children. Uh, My son just turned 14 and he's in eighth grade and my daughter is nine and she's in fourth. And it has been challenging uh, to get them to engage reading for leisure. Uh, My son now is getting to the age where he's doing a lot of 
reading for school. So mm-hmm. I think he gets exhausted from that. And he, of course, as you mentioned, is hardcore into the video games. Uh, and okay. then my daughter is also more into art. Uh, so, but getting her to, you know, we've been doing more reading aloud and I've been trying to get books to steer her towards that. Now, while it is common um, for parents to read to their children when they are younger, even as early as in the womb, What's also become the norm is a decrease in reading aloud to them as they grow older. And in some cases, the only reading, as I mentioned, with my son, older children engage, even half-heartedly, are from homework assignments. Can you give us some insight into what causes that shift to occur? One of my favorite sources for information about this is a book that I found about 10 years ago. Um, it's called The Read Aloud Handbook by Jim Trelease. It's available at the North Liberty Library. It's the best most inspiring book on exactly how and why it's so important to read aloud to kids. And Mr. Trulis talks about if you go in and ask a classroom full of kindergartners, who wants to read when they get home from school today? All of those kids are going to raise their hand. They're all excited to read. That drops as they get to fourth grade. It's about half of them. By seniors in high school, you've got 19% that say that they want to do that. Wow. Well, we try to think about, you know, why is that? And is it because of the video games? Is it because they're busy doing other stuff? And really, after all of these studies that he looked into, what it boils down to is that when the kids are little, they're in our lap, they're snuggled up with us, we're doing silly voices. It's a fun time. You get mom or dad's attention. It's just, a, we're all pleasure driven. And that's a very pleasurable activity. And then when kids start to learn to read, I know I was guilty of this. I would say, I'm so proud of you. Go to your room before bed and read a couple of chapters. Right. Oh, that's homework. That's yeah. not fun. Yeah. That's not pleasurable. And so really what it boils down to is if we can keep reading aloud with our kids mm-hmm. until they move out of our house, that can make such a difference. And you might be thinking, oh, that's not going to happen. My kids are not going to do that. You can grab their attention anywhere. I'll tell you, you know, I to have a private conversation with another adult in your house with your child there. They're listening to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they oh, can yeah. hear you. You know who they are. <laughs> but the same thing can happen if you're reading a book out loud. They're going to hear you. They may not be snuggled up next to you on the couch, but maybe they're eating their breakfast cereal. Maybe they're doing the dishes. Maybe they're, um, you know, just anything else they're doing in the house. And honestly, with podcasts now, audiobooks are not as foreign as maybe they were five or 10 years ago, it wasn't as common to say, oh, let's go, you know, let's download a, um, a book or let's even check out a book on CD from the library. Mm-hmm. Now you can absolutely do that. It's no different than a podcast. Enjoy that. Play it with your kids on trips when you're, you know, even just going to the grocery store. Yeah. You can get such engaging books. It doesn't have to be something, a classic or, you know, Find something that your kids love. And if you're having struggling with coming up with ideas for your middle schooler or your elementary age child, reach out to their school librarian and say, what are kids reading right now? What do you know, my child? What's something exciting I could get for them? And we download to listen to as a family. 
Yeah, I think that's a great idea. It's I, 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 one thing that we've started doing here recently. Uh, well, first, I want to go back to your point about cleaning out the books. That is something I called that my, one of my pandemic projects this past year. Yeah. <laughs> was finally getting to the huge, I mean, we had huge Tupperware, uh, two of them under my daughter's bed of books. And clearly, I would say half of them were, they had both outgrown them at that point. I mean, there were books that had been passed down from when my husband was a child, as well as, you know, my, my son, mm -hmm. our older child. And that was gratifying to do because then you create more room for more books. And another thing that we've been doing at home is just recently my, my daughter found an old like family jokes book, like a book of jokes. And, you know, it's not <sighs> extensive reading, but it's something that engages. So every night she reads five jokes from the book out loud. My son reads five jokes. I read five jokes and my husband reads five jokes. So that has been really good and, you know, kind of bringing back that love for reading. I mean, it's a small step in addition to the reading aloud that, that I ask my daughter to do uh, before bed, but it's a fun way to make reading engaging. I am so glad that you said that. I love that idea. However, you're passing it around and everybody's enjoying it. And, you know, somebody mentioned to me recently, um, it may have even been in our conversations, but when kids are right now doing all the remote learning, doing everything online, um, it's easy to forget that books can be a pleasurable thing. You know, when they take a break from learning online, then they go and do something. We feel like we need to reward them with something yeah. fun and they can, okay, you can go play your Xbox because they've been studying online all the time. And so it's really important to look for ways, just like your joke book idea, which I love, to find value in books, to find something that they say, wow, that is really cool. Maybe it's a magic trick book or paper plane book, right. but something to remind them how valuable and loved and lovable books can be. Absolutely. Now, um, with your Us Born Books and More customer base, uh, I'm sure you come in contact with parents on a regular basis. What can parents do to discourage that shift that happens when kids get older? Is it too late to turn it around by the time the child is in junior high or high school? Absolutely not. I mean, as long as the kids are still in your house, they're in your sphere of influence. And there's no reason to be a dictator about the whole thing. It isn't, okay, now we're going to read for 45 minutes every day. Sit down, let's go. But, you know, we talked about how people are pleasure driven. So what can you do to make it pleasurable? You can, like your joke book idea, or let's have, you know, an ice cream sundae bar and, you know, comfy pillows out on the floor and everybody snuggle up and, you know, read their own book. Let kids see you reading your books. There's so many ways to still tell them and show them that books are important. And a few things that Jim Trulise talks about in his book, which I think are just genius, are ways to, he talks about the three B's and ways to bring, um, books to the forefront, uh, you know, one of those is baskets of books. You know, you've got your TV remote right there on your coffee table, and that's what they're going to grab. And if you have a basket of books there instead, front-facing, so we can see all that beautiful cover art that 
publishers work so hard to make sure it's engaging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> have those, have that basket right there so they can grab something to look at that's going to grab their eye. And it doesn't have to be a chapter book, even for older kids. Nonfiction books can be wonderful with little bits of information. Um, so it isn't, well, I don't want to commit, you know, 45 minutes to reading the next two chapters of this. Well, okay, read about the life cycle of butterflies or read about space or all kinds of fantastic things that can be found in nonfiction. All of that is valuable reading. And if it's right there in a basket so that you can flip through and grab it, another place that I love to put a basket of books is at the breakfast table because mm. I know we pull out the cereal box and Every single morning, you turn the box around and you read the back of the cereal oh, yeah. box. Yeah. It has not changed. It <laughs> has not. <laughs> it's the same that it was every single day. But just have a little fact book there. Have something, um, you know, even if it is a short chapter book and read a chapter each morning, something that's right there easy to grab instead of their phone um, is another wonderful way to engage it, even for older kids. Mm -hmm. um, you know, make sure that they've got a bedside lamp in their room. If you um, have rules about electronics have to be shut off at a certain time, you know, and it's time for bed, then have that bedside lamp and say, okay, but you can stay up later if you, you know, read. But other than that, otherwise, lights out, time for bed. Well, what kid doesn't want to, you know, stay up later? <laughs> and yeah. so that can encourage, you know, a habit, help them wind down before bed, but also um, get some more reading in. So I, those are things that we use in our house, things that you can easily do. I, everybody has a basket sitting around their house. Mm -hmm. um, grab that and grab some books and, uh, and tuck those in for easy read. I love it. So basket of books, put it in the living room, put it on the kitchen table, wherever it's most accessible, both if you can do it. And bedtime, you know, having them allow them to do some reading at bed. I love that. That's an idea I'm going to take because my kids absolutely hate going to bed, which is going to be a little difficult now that, you know, it's almost holiday break, but that right, is a right. great idea to implement. I think parents who are listening, implement that in the new year. Uh, once we get started with the new year, that's a great idea. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, uh, we, we mentioned this before about remote learning. The pandemic has changed uh, the format of what education looks like. And with holiday breaks and the new year approaching, would you say that this is an ideal time uh, to implement new reading habits? This flows right into what we we're talking about. And if so, how should parents and children pace themselves? Because I always kind of look at this like it's a new year and what's one of the top new year resolutions for adults? I'm going to lose 20 pounds. I'm going right. to exercise more. <laughs> and then you go into the new year that first week or two and, oh, it's gung-ho, it's going. But then once school and work start being a part of your pattern again, the working out kind of fades away sometimes. So how do they pace themselves if they decide to inject more reading into their lives? How do they pace themselves to make this a good routine? That is an awesome point. I love that. And really, I think that goes along with what we were saying with don't try to instill too many rules around it. Just make the books uh, available, make them accessible. I think Christmas break is a wonderful time to get hooked on a series, you know, get them started yes. on a book. Now we have time to read the whole book. We can do it. We might not, when school starts up again, might not be able to get through a whole book in a week, of course, 
But if we really want to know what happens in book two, and we really want to know what happens in book three, then get a chapter or two done, you know, each night or every other night or whatever you can do. But when you have this gift of time that we have on winter break now, Mm -hmm. getting them hooked on something that helps them to see how fun and relaxing and enjoyable reading can be, then I think that's the perfect time. And another wonderful thing to do really is right now as you're doing your scheduling your grocery pickup at the store or anytime that you have errands scheduled out of the house, try to schedule that at the same time a pickup at your local book bookstore or a pickup at your local library. Show them that we need groceries and we need stuff to read too. We need something yeah. new, you know, make it part of your routine and um, those fresh new things will be uh, be engaging to them. But right now we have the time to do that. When we run to the grocery store, normally I would say go browse your favorite bookstore, which if we could do that safely, let's do it. But otherwise, let's find what we want um, at our favorite local bookstore and then schedule a pickup. And some of those are even doing deliveries as well. So, you know, I know over the holidays, kids get a lot of toys <laughs> and be easy to get wrapped up in those and forget about reading and that kind of thing. And so, um, so it's a great time to kind of incorporate both, you know, yeah. let's play, play for a while and then let's enjoy some good books too. Yeah, I like the idea of incorporating, because this goes back into the example about fitness, about wanting to be more fit. And I I found that the best way for me to consistently interject exercise into my life is to treat it like brushing my teeth, making my bed, getting the kids lunches together. Like this is something that needs to happen. And this is a part of my daily routine. And having a going, taking a trip to the grocery store and then saying, let's stop by North Liberty Library and pick up some books or pick up a, lot, a primary hop, that is an exquisite way to really drive home just how important reading is. That we are, we're putting this on the same level as buying groceries, as getting food and sustenance. Right. And, and that yep. sends a message to our children that, yes, we're taking reading seriously this go round. And uh, another point that you made about gifts, even if your kid, because my kids have outgrown the toy phase. My daughter's nine. She still plays with Barbies, but mainly she wants art supplies sure. and Roblox books, mm-hmm. Roblox. Um, and my son definitely wants nothing to do with toys at 14. He wants, you know, he wants game. He wants a gaming chair and gaming uh-huh. headphones. <laughs> so even then, if, when your children are older, still show them that, you know, because I am getting them some books for Christmas and show them that this is still important, that just because, you know, your tastes have changed changed from toys to electronics, books are ever present in this house. And books, and, and it also helps to have parents who are reading in the home. I absolutely, absolutely read every night. I'm always surrounded by books. I work as a librarian. I'm an author. And I always read for leisure. For me, it's been weird because I'm a Gen, I'm a Gen X, uh, a young Gen X. And when I was my daughter's age, I was reading all the time. Mm-hmm. I was reading Babysitter's Club and Sweet Valley High, those mm-hmm. series, and starting in those series. I, I think that that's an awesome idea, too, to do series. Now, tell me a bit about, um, uh, with the series, with the series, um, do you think that even as they get older, you should you should kind of read with them? Like, you read one page, I read the other. What are some actual reading techniques that keeps them engaged? So we got the books, we have the time. 
what should what are some ideas for techniques once you're in the act of reading with your kids Absolutely. If your kids will go for that, um, it's probably with the older kids, it would be more like chapter and chapter than page, you know, switching off every page. Right. You can absolutely do that, you know, and if they kind of sneer at that, read, you know, have your own little book club, read the same book that. that they are reading. It doesn't have to be side by side, but say, hey, did you get, to, oh my gosh, did you see what happens in chapter four? You got to get to chapter four. And it's a wonderful way as your kids get older and find fewer and fewer things that they want to talk to you about, which mm-hmm. is just a natural part of asserting their independence. You can talk about a book. Yeah. You can start a conversation. It might be something, you know, dystopian about the end of the world, what's going to happen, or, you know, the next, you know, once they get to the high school, they might be getting it to political novels, you know, anything mm-hmm. like that, anything that you can find that can bring about a conversation. It's just an extra bonus to reading. So, you know, and like I said, we were talking about the audiobooks. Listen to an audiobook together. Maybe, you know, if each of you um, like to run on the treadmill, then do that. And then, you know, catch up at the end of the night and say, did you get to this part? Or what do you think was, you know, do you think that, that what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, we did the audiobook the last, well, this was before, the pandemic, which I'm just referring it to before 2020 right. <laughs> a road trip. Uh, my, I'm originally from Chicago and we were going to visit my mom. Uh, and I was playing an audio book by the author, Jason Reynolds, who is a teen young adult author. Sure. And I was re- I was listening to it because I was driving and I was in the middle of the book and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to listen to this. I won't listen to any music. And I noticed that my son had taken off his headphones Yay. and he just started listening. And I was like, oh, this is Jason Reynolds. And he said, oh yeah, I know he wrote, he made the uh, Spider-Man, I think he did a Spider-Man comic book at one point. So uh-huh. my son knew who he was. And I think mm-hmm. that that's kind of the key, like really just showing them that I read, but I want to welcome you into it. And I hadn't even, you know, even considered that he would want to listen to it. I was just putting the book in because I was in the middle of it. And I figured by the time I got to Chicago, I'd be done with it. Right. And it, that was just such an, an eye-opening moment for me as a parent. And I think all of the ideas that you shared today, uh, I think will be eye-opening for other parents as well to let them know that, you know, literacy can still be a family affair no matter how old your kids are. Exactly, exactly. And get your kids' input on what they want to listen to, you know, listen to on the audiobooks or what they want to read about because any reading that they're doing is going to, in, you know, increase the um the amount of vocabulary that they're familiar with. Books have so many more rare words than our everyday conversation. And so anything that they can be reading is good. Even, you know, we carry graphic novels. Graphic novels are wonderful because it requires you to put a lot of emotion and energy and action into a six word sentence. Like there's so much that has to be condensed that they are, word rich they're wonderful so don't you know scoff at the um graphic novels but anything that your kids are interested in and the last thing we want to do is discourage reading of any kind so take your clues from them find out what it is that they're interested in and uh, and go from there Fabulous. Well, thank you so much, Suzanne, for sharing with our audience a bit about your experience with Us Born Books and More. And of course, your very helpful advice and quick tips 
on encouraging, especially older kids to read. Now, before we close out, please share with our listeners where they can find more information about you. We have a website you can order anytime. It's at www.booksforourkids.com. It's all spelled out. Um, I'm also at facebook.com slash books for our kids, or you can email me at books for our kids at gmail.com. And we have wonderful ways for families to earn free books for your schools and libraries, earn free books. Um, I'd love to make personal wish lists and help narrow down our 2000 titles to something that would be just perfect for your readers based on their ages and interests. And I would love to hear from each one of you. Absolutely. Well, we will leave all those links uh, in uh, the podcast notes. Uh, And of course, I'm going to have you hang on for a moment. But I want to tell our audience, thank you for listening to our podcast today. This has been Storytime Talks from the North Liberty Library. And today we talked with Suzanne Barloon at Usborne Books and More. Uh, Visit NorthLibertyLibrary.org to learn more about our library virtual programming and services. And thanks again to our sponsors at Mercy, Iowa City.